if you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guests and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gents. I'm Lori Bischoff. It's time to talk shift. Today, it's going to be just me and my lovely show producer, Christy. She's going to be joining me, and we're going to be talking about some ways to help navigate the holidays. Um, they're, they're coming up fast, and it's very easy for us to, to dig ourselves into, uh, well, let's say emotional or physical holes when it's holiday season. And this one might be a little uh, extra tough for some of us. So we figured let's come up with some good tips that might help everybody get through them uh, a little bit more joyfully and a little less stressfully. So we're going to cover some things about food and eating. We're going to cover some things about lifestyle and working from home, um, mindset, because that's like the foundation of everything, and uh, even a little celebrating. So that is what is going to be going on today. And by the end of the show, you should have at least a few good tips to run into the season with, and you can feel kind of good. I think kind of good, a lot good, maybe a lot good about it. So Christy, what do you have going on? Are you guys doing something different this year? Yes, this year will be very, very different. Um, my husband and I live in Los Angeles and all of our family is from Minnesota. So usually his mom does a huge Thanksgiving. That's their big holiday. Uh, we will be missing that, of course, this year. Not only that, but it is entirely canceled. So a little bit disappointed that we won't be able to um, celebrate Thanksgiving with my in-laws and my uh, mother-in-law always invites my parents as well. So that's something that we all look forward to every year. That'll be a big change. Uh, it'll just be my husband and I and Barney here at home in Los Angeles. So um, we always we always pull something together and get cozy and make a great meal. And sure. as far as Christmas goes, you know, um, that's a tough one. I still kind of had my fingers crossed, but it's looking like uh, it'll be just me and me and the pup and the hubby here for that as well. So, you know, we're going to make yeah. the most of it and we're going to do a lot of FaceTiming with the fam. You know, my mom always sends a big box of presents for us to get on, on FaceTime and open and all that. So we're still going to okay. make it as best as we can. Yeah, that'll be fun. We're going to go um, to Minnesota uh, for Thanksgiving uh, and hang out with my husband's uh, brother and sister and nephew. And so we're going to have, uh, we are going to have a little gathering. We're going to drive out, spend about four or five days, drive back to Wyoming. Um, and then we're going to be going to Florida for Christmas. So we're going to get to spend the holidays with our kids there. I do have some relatives, uh, a lot of family actually in Minnesota, and some of them I'm not going to be able to see because they are quarantining. So we're literally going to be like doing a drive-by. You know, my uncle's, <laughs> my uncle is fanatic about feeding everybody. He loves to have company and feed everyone, and, but he's quarantining. So um, I said, well, you know, uh, uncle, you can just, you know, put some pie or something out on the curb for me and we'll do a drive-by and wave and say, thank you. And you can still feed me that way. But, you know, other than that, um, not being able to see everyone that we want to see, um, you know, it'll be kind of um, not too different for us. We are going to get the uh, luxury of spending time with some family, but on a limited basis. But I think, you know, to start off, one of the biggest issues, as everyone knows, every single year is the food, the holiday food. And even if you are not going anywhere, even if you are staying at home, you know, we have a tendency to want to pull out the traditional recipes and make traditional treats and, you know, do extra things that we wouldn't normally do. So I think that the first thing I want to talk about is respecting your body during this time, especially now, um, being a good steward of it. You know, don't overload it with too much bad stuff. I'm not saying stay away from everything because we obviously are the same way. We have lots of fun holiday traditions that, around food that we do. But 
you just have to be mindful and just don't go crazy, especially now because with extra stress, it's, it's very easy to turn to food um, to change your state, right? So, well, and we're what, so um, six, seven, eight weeks almost out from, you know, the end of the holidays yet. So I'm thinking right now, I'm like, I'm in pie, pie and cookie mode already. But if yeah. I let that last for eight weeks, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah, you're, you're going to be in a deep, deep hole <laughs> by the time January 1st comes. But it's, but it's true, you know, especially with the extra time at home. It's like, well, maybe I'll bake something, <laughs> you know? So I get it. But um, I think we have to learn to be the master of our bodies rather than like a slave to our taste buds mm -hmm. and a slave to our emotions. Um, everybody has been uh, down that road of doing some emotional eating, right? So if you're, if you're frustrated or stressed or feeling sad or angry, any kind of um, strong emotion, a lot of times we turn to food um, to get out of that uncomfortable, you know, state of mind. So um, just, I think if you feel like that is uh, a situation <laughs> upon you, <laughs> then ask yourself a couple questions before you go grab the extra cookies or the eggnog or the, you know, whatever, the leftover turkey stuffing, and then ask yourself a couple of things. So one, am I eating because I'm actually hungry? Because most of the time we're not. So that's the first question. Am I actually hungry now? Is that why I'm going for this? The second question is, am I, um, am I eating to just change my, my um, mental state in addition to just the emotional state that I'm in? Like, am I just um, confused about something? Am I feeling uncertain about something? The other thing is, are you being um, a victim to the bliss point? So the bliss point is something that food manufacturers have, um, have come up with. Um, it's like the, they've, they've created the absolute perfect balance of the components that we are as humans addicted to, which is fat. We get addicted to fat and salt and sugar. So they have this wonderful um, formula of having the exact right balance of those very addictive substances in their food. So that way it tastes so good. You want to keep eating more. You don't want to stop. So processed food, junk food, you know, the usual culprits, they are designed to keep you not feeling satiated, but just wanting more. So when you find yourself, you know, mindlessly going through a bag of, of chips or whatever, just know that you might actually be stuck in this whole, <laughs> in this whole bliss point phenomenon. And you might have to just, yeah, employ some um, self-discipline to get away from it. So people who say that they're addicted to donuts may actually be addicted to donuts? Yes, ma'am. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's designed that way. So it's, it's not an accident when you feel like, you know, you've got to have your gummy bears or you've got to have your bag of Doritos or you've got to have your, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're all like food addicts, you know, to certain things, if we allow ourselves to be. But once you know that, then you can, you know, be careful about what you're doing and set some limits and employ a little bit of willpower and self-discipline. So just be aware of that. The bliss point, it, it, it seems blissful, but mm, <laughs> wolf in sheep's clothing. So, okay. Here's the next tip. I, you guys get ready for the long haul here because I have like a ton of tips. I have like five pages of tips for you. So get ready. Okay, don't bring your appetite to the party. So if you are um, going to have a little gathering with somebody, um, don't skip meals thinking that you're going to, you know, save the calories for later. Um, otherwise, you know, you go in, you're hungry, and then you end up having a harder time managing what you're eating and drinking at the actual event. So I suggest curb your appetite a little bit before you go, you know, eat, make sure you're eating. If you have an evening event and you know there's going to be copious amounts of food there that you love, 
and it's holiday season. So it's like, oh, only once a year do I get to enjoy this. Just be, you know, be smart about it. Eat during the day, but eat something that's nourishing. You know, have have something that um, takes the edge off and actually fuels your body and your cells. And that way you won't be overdoing it on the on the stuff that's on the buffet or whatever. Like, you know, eat an avocado, have a fat coffee, um, some nuts, a hard boiled egg, have a plant-based protein smoothie so that you're really getting the vitamins into your system. And that way you won't be so out of control when you get there. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, nobody likes to look like the piggy grabbing for the snack table right when they walk in the door. <laughs> but sometimes, yeah. again, we've waited, we've waited, waited all day, like we're starving, we're famished. And of course, if you're going to have a drink too, you want to make oh, sure yeah. that you're not doing that on an empty stomach. Exactly. So uh, just, you know, plan accordingly. Don't plan to not eat so you can eat more later. Plan to eat something healthy so that you can choose selectively what you're going to eat. All right. You've Shoot. got us all figured out, Lori. <laughs> well, you know, it's not my first rodeo. <laughs> but um, here's the other thing. Choosing the, especially the treats or the things that are, um, you know, not, not in your best health interest, choose wisely. So for example, um, it's dessert time. You know, if mom has made uh, a homemade pie, for example, and it's sitting on the buffet next to you know, the cookies that the aunt brought from Walmart, don't eat the Walmart cookies. Go for the damn pie and enjoy mom's pie, right? So at least it's homemade and made with love, you know, and, and hopefully some, some fresh ingredients. But the Walmart cookies, no, steer clear. Save those for when you're in a bind emotionally on a Tuesday in February. There you go. Yeah, that's like an emergency fix. Um, so again being mindful of what you're eating, you know, you don't have to eat to be full. You can just mm. eat to sample and savor things. And you'll find if you take um, smaller amounts of things on your plate and, and nibble slowly over a longer period of time, your appetite won't um, be out of control. You will actually satiate yourself much sooner with much less because you're giving your brain time to get the signal from your stomach that you've actually had enough. Otherwise, we tend to eat a lot fast. And so we overeat because our brain hasn't gotten the signal yet that we're, that we're actually full. And you don't realize it until you're overly full. So nibble, slowly, savor, and, you know, kind of nosh your way just through the evening a little bit. And you'll probably find that you can enjoy everything so much more with less and feel better at the end of the night or the day. Make sense? Yeah. And we still get to compliment the host on their great cooking or <laughs> whatever it is that they prepared for us. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to pile your plate full of potatoes and bread and pasta and, you know, on and on and on. Just take a couple little bites and figure, you know, if you're going to have bread, do you really need the potatoes too? Or if you're going to have potatoes, do you actually also need bread on top of that? I mean, you know, a lot of, we have a lot of different varieties of things, of food things that all fall into the exact same category. So pick your favorite and enjoy that and forget the rest. Ooh, oh, that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beware of the beverages. We mentioned that a minute ago. So, okay. Lots of holiday beverages are sugar bombs, right? So you have to kind of treat those like dessert. I mean, you know, you're not going to sit and have, um, what's the, what's the really popular holiday one? Um, eggnog. That's it. So eggnog, for example, that's a popular or hot chocolate, um, mulled wines. Those are things that are really full of, of sugar. So you have to actually treat that like you would, you know, cookies or fudge or cake. You're not going to sit and, and have, you know, eight cookies. So you don't want to drink, you know, eight glasses of mulled wine or, <laughs> or eight glasses of eggnog and on top of all the other stuff you're ingesting. So I would say, you know, just be really mindful of the extra, all of, all of the extra sugars and calorie in alcoholic beverages. Enjoy, but just be really mindful and choose selectively. Also know that the sugar laden alcoholic beverages, that's usually what creates the worst hangovers is mm -hmm. the sugar. Yeah. So if you want to feel good, 
watch. watch. <laughs> Maybe just take some straight, uh, straight tequila or vodka and have one cookie. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sip on some good tequila. Get something, you know, that's high quality. Yeah. Sip a little, make it yeah. last. Okay. So then the next um, obvious thing is water. So we want to make sure that we hydrate and everybody hears that a million times all day long. Yes, yes, yes. But if you don't do it really, there's a right way. And then there's a way that's not all that effective. So the not that effective way is to be drinking gallons of water all day, thinking you're hydrating yourself, but water, um, in order for it to be easily absorbed into your, your gut and then spread out to all of the cells, um, in order for that to be effective, it really has to contain some electrolytes. Otherwise, you just end up peeing a lot, you know, and then add alcohol into that. Now you're running to the bathroom <laughs> to pee every 20 minutes. You know how that goes. Everybody oh, knows once you start, there's no stopping. So if you're going to be drinking some water, which you should, then make sure that it's got some electrolytes in it. And you can do that. You can make that yourself. All you need to do is throw a little bit of salt and a little bit of glucose in your water. And glucose can be found just like a squeeze of lemon. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't need to use table sugar. Put a squeeze of lemon in there and a little bit of salt and you have an electrolyte drink. And that's going to be way better than most of the electrolyte drinks that you can buy because most of those are a full of sugar and right. B who's going to carry a, you know, who's going to drag around, you know, 12 bottles of Gatorade, Gatorade or Powerade with them all day, every day. It, that's terrible. So right. that's just a, um, a tip to make sure that you're actually getting the benefit from all of the water that you're drinking. And then electrolytes um, are also really necessary for our nerve impulses, uh, muscle contraction, relaxation, and pH balance. So it's a good thing, even if it's not holiday time. And if you are a water drinker, just think about making that shift. Okay. What do you think about that, Christy? <laughs> well, you know, I am a big water drinker. That is one thing I've never had trouble with, but... I, I do know um, that I am lacking in electrolytes sometimes because I do work out a lot and I sweat a ton. Um, so the cost effectiveness of making your own electrolyte water at home uh, is very appealing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had some, uh, some electrolyte powder that I had um, bought to try to see how I liked it. And it was really good, but it's kind of expensive if you're going to be mm -hmm. drinking a couple of glasses a day or a few a day of that. And I thought, well, you know what, let me just try the doing it myself. So that's what I've got here. I just put in a little bit of a squeeze of lemon and some real salt. Um, and I put just a pinch of stevia in there oh. and you barely taste anything, but I know that it's going to be more effective. So there we go. Okay, next thing. Try, try, try to make it like a non-negotiable to get some sort of plant food into your system every day, like a salad or something raw, something with plants, because most of the other food that we eat, food and alcohol, is all acidic. So if you get plant food into your system, either through you know a, a protein plant supplement that you can mix into a smoothie or water or having you know a big salad every day, but any one of those things will help help you um, you know not have to work so hard for your body to maintain its um, pH balance. Uh, it because those things are more alkaline. Those are alkaline things as opposed to the acidic. Um, nature of almost everything else we eat and drink. So that's a really good thing to try your best, you non-salad eaters out there. Please eat some salad. <laughs> So now you're, you're preaching to the choir over here, Lori. I know I've, I've tried every diet on the planet. I've been plant-based now for almost 10 years. And what I've discovered is that I just feel the best when I eat the most fresh fruits and vegetables. When I have a great big salad for lunch uh, every day throughout the week, like that is what makes me feel and look the best. So, and again, I have to make sure not to fall off that wagon just because it is the holiday season. Right. I've actually been known if we were like going out with some, you know, company, um, like somewhere that we didn't, would normally go like Mexican food. I'll sometimes eat a salad before I go. Cause I know I'm not going to be able to get a really good one at, you know, at that restaurant, for example. So I'll actually eat a salad before I go. And that way I know I've got my, it's like my fix. I have to have it. I feel so much better. And then 
I won't feel like I've neglected my body or abused it when I go have a couple of tacos, right? <laughs> and margaritas. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know what? I can't do my, I do like twice a year, I'll let myself have a margarita because no matter what, I don't feel good when I have one margarita um, and it's the sugar. It's just mm-hmm. the sugar in it. I could, you know, I could sip uh, a little tequila and be fine, but that margarita, it just does something to me, the sugar in it, the combination. So as much as I love them, <laughs> I got to be careful. When, uh, actually, when my daughter was here in uh, last spring, we made homemade margaritas with actually just fresh squeezed, you know, juice and that's no the sugar way to do it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got it, had a good tequila and we had a couple of really nice fresh, and then I felt great, no problem. But the margarita mixes that are usually being used, they just do me in. I don't like it at all. <laughs> anything that's bright colored neon, like anything that is the color of my shirt right now, is pure <laughs> sugar. You don't want to drink that. You know, we're, we're, we're making the, the margaritas from scratch over here in Southern California, always. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nicely done. So all of those things about water and salad and just, um, you know, getting, getting yourself to be a little bit more mindful of making sure you're getting enough good stuff in with the things that maybe aren't so healthy, but are really important um, also for your immune system. And while everybody is really, you know, concerned right now, uh, since we're still not out of the woods with the coronavirus, keeping your immune systems pumped up is really important. And holiday time is usually a very um, trying time for a lot of people. There's just you know, typically a lot going on. It gets very stressful. It gets busy and you start cutting corners and, you know, your immune system gets compromised. So that's, you know, keep, that's another good incentive to try to maintain somewhat of a reasonably healthy diet throughout this season. Okay. Next on the list, let's talk a little bit about lifestyle, just a little bit working from home since a lot of people are now, um, you know, that can be stressful. So one of the things that I know we pound into your heads is move. You have to move your body. I have to remind myself, even, you know, being uh, somebody that works from home, you can get so wrapped up in what you're doing, sitting, you know, at your desk or on your couch or wherever you work that, um, you forget hours have gone by and you haven't moved yet. So if you already have, you know, a movement routine and exercise routine, then obviously keep doing it. If you don't have one, don't wait until after the holidays to start. That's what everybody does. Mm. That's right now out of an exercise phase. They give themselves this time to go nuts and thinking on January 1st, right? It's a new year and a new me is going to be born, but it rarely works out that way. So start now. Don't wait. And you don't have to do something extreme. Just like brisk walks, like a 20-minute brisk walk would be awesome. Um, Just basic things. Do some, you don't need a bunch of equipment. You can do stuff at home, just some deep knee bends, some stretching, some jumping jacks, some push-ups. You know, it's not that hard. And there's a bajillion videos out there if you really are scratching your head about what should I do. But most of us can remember even the very basics that you did as a child and just do those. And I'll tell you what else is the best thing. Two things. If you live in a home where there's stairs or you live in a building, every time you go down the stairs for something, go back up and do it like two or three times. Just throw a couple of extra trips onto the stairs. I do that all the time. We have just uh, the second level. So there's like 12 or 14 stairs. And oftentimes I'll either take them two at a time or I'll go up and down and up and down. And then I'll, you know, I'll make a couple of rounds out of it just because I can and I should, right? The other big thing is dancing. Turn on some music and dance. Dancing is so good for you. It makes you feel good. It's fun and your heart rate will go up and there's great benefit there. You could do 10 minutes of dancing in your house and that's actually a f- way more fun than doing burpees and you'll still benefit, right? 
Well, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just thinking now, especially like with the popularity of TikTok, you know, maybe make a little money online, become an influencer. You dance, dance your butt off, you know, post it, post it, inspire some folks. (laughs) Seriously. And if you have like kids at home, probably they already know how to do it and can show you if you don't. So (laughs) they're usually way ahead of the curveball there. Okay. Sleep. Everyone knows that you need to sleep. And I'm not going to go into all of the benefits of sleeping. I'm going to just have you consider this one reminder, less sleep equals weakened immune system. So we're back to immune systems have to be strong right now, stronger. You have to pay more attention than what you normally maybe have been in the past for obvious reasons. So figure out how you need to improve your sleep if it's not that great right now and do it because your immune system will be stronger and your body will thank you for it. Um, Everybody in the household, I feel, should have their own private space to retreat to for a little bit of solitude and alone time. I mean, you know, depending on how many people are under your roof and what your situation is, that might be a little hard if you don't have a big place, but it might mean, you know, you have to escape into the bathroom and take a bath for 20 minutes and just have some alone time, solitude or a shower or, you know, take a flashlight and a book into a closet and sit and, you know, read something uplifting or quietly meditate or pray or something. But everyone, if you have kids in the house, they should have that too. Um, They should have a place to go that's just theirs. And everyone I think should be really encouraged to take a few minutes out of each day to just sit and go have a little solitude and contemplation time, just breathing and just you know, getting, changing your state of mind from whatever you're doing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like it will probably help us um, from, you know, killing each other too, when mm-hmm. you're all in the house. And I know I've noticed a lot of new products that are popping up online, separators or like little tents for kids, just new mm-hmm. things that you can put up to make a room feel like two different areas or whatever you need, just so you feel like someone else is not in your space for just a sec, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's such a great thing too for kids if they're in the house to have that feel like they have their own little cubby or their own little fort. And if, you know, if you can't buy something like that, I mean, we used to make tents and forts all the time when we were kids. All you need is sheets and pillows and furniture, (laughs) you know, and you've got an instant fort. So you just can get a little creative and um, it's, I think there's a big benefit to that. Um, keep your day as structured as you can, including the kids. And here's why structure actually supports our very innate need for certainty. Um, and I think this is really important. Again, if you are self-employed, you're working from home, nobody's watching over you. And you, and maybe there's, if you're self-employed or an entrepreneur, you don't have anybody to answer to. So it's really easy to um, have your day be really loosey-goosey and not very structured. And then you can end up working, you know, later in the day because you were lax about doing stuff earlier. Um, And that, you know, I mean, for some people that can work, but when we have some structure, that gives us a sense of certainty and that's a really important psychological human need. And when we have all of the the uncertainty that we've had in the year of 2020, that's a really big one for a lot of people is figuring out what they can feel certain about and structuring and scheduling your day is one of those things. So that's a good one. Um, If you're working from home, obviously eliminating as many distractions as you can. setting up your timing. Again, this goes back to structure as though you're working um, in a place where you have a superior that can see you, even if you don't, but pretending that you do have somebody that's watching over you and watching how you're, you're working and um, how focused you are um, might make you actually you know, show up a little bit differently, even though it's just you. Um, And the focused effort gets more done in a shorter period of time. So when you're shifting back and forth, um, you know, multitasking, you actually, um, what you're really doing is typically procrastinating and resisting doing something that you know you really need to do. And I am so guilty of that. Are you, Christy, because you work from home too. It's so easy to get distracted. 
Yes, because like you say, it's easy to convince myself that I am doing something constructive, that I am doing something that I need to get done. You know, yeah. the little, the, the dishes or the whatever it is, it's like, oh no, I, I right, right now. And that must be done right now. My other work has to wait. I, that can be done at 9 p.m., you know? Right. It is, it is hard. Yeah. I'm the same way. Oh, I'll just throw this load of laundry in and then I'll come back and do this. And then, oh, I'll just go, you know, do A, B, C, D and the list goes on and then I'll come back and do this. So I'm bouncing around. And part of it, you know, is it's like, if that's kind of your natural pattern, it can be hard to break. And then the other part is I, especially, especially in the earlier half of the day, like up until about four, I have a lot of energy. So Mm -hmm. sitting for like hours uh, focusing on one thing is really hard for me because I have all of this energy. So I need to get up and go do something, you know, to, in, in order to be able to come back and sit and focus a little more. So yeah, everybody's going to have their, their own um, way of doing it. But just knowing that if you find yourself doing a lot of multitasking in, 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 you know, you may be actually avoiding things that you know you should just tackle. Like yesterday, I made myself, I knew we were going to be talking about this today. And I was like, I made myself focus on like for the entire day. I had the whole house to myself. Eric was gone all day. And I literally was, I, I was so productive. I got like three days worth of stuff done in one day before dinner. So I felt so good. I'm like, man, if I could just get myself to be that focused every day, I would get way more done. But anyway, it was, it was a very productive day and I enjoyed it. Um, and I was like, oh, yay. I just got my personal trainer certification checked off the list. Bam. Congratulations. One day. Thank you. (laughs) So, you know, I've been doing a little bit here and a little bit studying there. And then I was like, I had my, I was maybe only about, Mm, 10, 15% into it. I knocked out all of the rest of it in one day yesterday because I focused, I made myself sit and focus on it. Well, and I'm wondering if you've discovered too, uh, one thing that I know helps talking about like everyone's space and and time and stuff is Mm -hmm. making sure I go and sit down at my desk, Mm -hmm. you know, not take the laptop over to the couch where I can see the TV a little better, you know, but to just uh, sit down at the desk and pretend like somebody is actually watching over my shoulder. Like I'm in a cubicle, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was determined. I was like, before this day is over, I'm taking that test. I don't care. I'm taking the test before the day is over. I just was so determined. And I was like, even if I'm not ready and I fail, I'm going to take it. I was ready and I passed. So (laughs) yay. Anyway. Okay. What else on this note? Um, If there is no good reason, this kind of stems back to what we were just talking about. If there's no really good reason to extend your work workday beyond typical hours, like, you know, 4.30, 5.36, whatever your typical workday would normally be. If there's no reason to keep going beyond that, then don't. Get your stuff done during the day and then have that time to do something else that benefits you. You know, you could you could plan new goals. You could learn something new. You know, you could have more quality time with your family. But if you just get the stuff done when you need to and stay focused and then use that time that you might be letting your work bleed into otherwise for something, you know, more valuable or, you know, something different uh, that adds a different level of quality to your life, that would be, you know, just another way to think about it, especially if you are working from home and you have family there, if you're not the only one there, they would much rather have you be done and then come hang out with them. Maybe, yeah, yeah, even though, well, <laughs> or maybe you're trying to use the excuse. Yeah, maybe you're trying to use the excuse like, no, I'm still working. Leave me alone. I'm still working. Leave me alone. Still working. Leave me alone. Yeah. And that's probably another podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit about celebrating. Um, Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yay. So during the holiday season, um, especially 
especially again this year. I hate saying that, especially this year, but we just have to, we just have to accept this has been a special year. <laughs> so every much like, better way to put it than I would have, Lori. Right? Yeah. Special. It's so special. Special year, and uh, so everything is especially. Um, but planning stuff at home because a lot of people, like we talked about earlier, are going to be not doing the usual holiday stuff. So planning things, um, you know, that your family can participate in um, to make it feel at least a little bit less like you're quarantined and you have to be there. Um, I think it's a fun idea to plan like a holiday happy hour. So normally, you know, if you are an adult that's out in the workforce, a lot of times it's pretty common for people, you know, one or two days a week or you know, whatever your deal is to have happy hour on the way home. Right. Um, so you can still have a little happy hour at home. And if you have family there, they can be part of it. You know, they let them, especially if you have kids again, let them help plan some fun, like festive little snacks and some beverages in some fancy glasses, you know, get out, get out the good stuff, you know, don't use the Dixie cups and the paper plates and kind of just make a really fun little family habit of, you know, maybe a one day a week, or maybe it's, you know, a couple of days when we get closer to holidays, but just letting um let it letting everybody know that this is what we have to look forward to at the end of the work day and letting them be yeah. part of it yeah well and i like the idea that you're kind of setting the precedent for kids that happy hour is a fun time to unwind with the people that you love after a long day you know it doesn't have to yeah. be about drinking it doesn't have to be about hitting the bar after the office um but just more about like you say have a fancy glass you know it doesn't right. matter what's in it but just make yourself right. feel like you're having a little a little 15 minute vacay, right? Yeah, totally. They can make mocktails yeah. right? and have fun playing bartender. And then it's time for everybody to sit down and clink their glasses and connect with each other and talk about their day. I mean, otherwise it's too easy for everybody to just keep going through their regular routine and going from their work to, you know, some sort of a dinner cleanup and then TV and nobody's really connecting and communicating that much. So this kind of carves out that time to do that. And it creates a fun little memory in, in a fun tradition. I love that. Yeah. I think the other thing um, is uh, like you said, you do is scheduling some video chat time. So when we get you know, over closer to Christmas time and Thanksgiving, um, you know, you're going to be wishing that there were people that were there with you and all that good stuff. So at least, you know, maybe planning ahead of time with them, like, okay, you know, on this day around this time, we're going to be talking to, you know, the aunts or the uncles or the cousins or the grandmas, whoever it is, almost have a little schedule so that you can, everyone can be ready with their mocktails. <laughs> whatever, or, or not, depending on how old you are, <laughs> tequila shots. I don't know. Um, but, and have a little visiting quality visiting time, you know, of, by video chat, at least you can have a personal interaction with the people that you care about. Yeah. And there's so many cool new things now. Um, you can play games with people like via Zoom or, you know, even if you have a board game or something, there are a lot of ways to connect with people that doesn't just have to be like sitting and oddly kind of staring at each other on the FaceTime, either not really knowing what to say, you yeah, know, so yeah, that's something yeah. that can be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Here's another good idea. And this can apply to just you or it can apply to your entire family. I think if you have a family at home and you're, you know, you're with other people in the household, I think this is a really good idea. Create a family vision and mission statement. So you know that's something that businesses usually do. They have a mission statement and they have a vision statement. So either for yourself or bring the whole family in if you have a family and talk about you know, what you know, what are you and, and what's your life about? And, you know, how do you want it to evolve? And what's our family mission, our family values? And you could actually have a really interesting conversation either with your partner or with your kids, if you have them, um, about what does that look like? Give it some thought because otherwise you're just kind of going through, not really thinking about how you're evolving and how you want to evolve and what you stand for. 
But if you actually make an effort to sit down and go, what exactly is my mission? What is our mission as a family? What's our vision? What do we see moving forward? It brings up a lot of great conversation. And it just, even if you're by yourself, it really helps you to get, to start getting set up for the next year, because most people are always feeling like January 1st is a new slate and you usually are fired up to do something new and differently. Now, if you've already spent some of this time leading up to that, creating a vision and a mission statement, is it can be really supportive of whatever changes or goals you come up with in the coming year. And we're going to talk more about that specifically in another podcast, but that would be something that you could start doing now, especially with your family. I think it's a great idea. I wish I would have thought of that when my kids were younger. Well, yeah, what a, what a beautiful way to just kind of bring everyone together, get you on the same page and everyone moving forward together with that kind of support, right? Like what a yeah. cool idea, Lori. I love that. Yeah, thank you. I think um, it makes kids too feel like um, they their thoughts and opinions about it, A, matter, B, just that they matter the fact that they get to be in on the conversation and they start to understand that they are a representative of the family. They're not, you know, you're not all just single individuals. You are individuals going out into the world, but you are also, in addition to that, representative of the family that that you hail from, right? <laughs> so when you feel like you have a common mission and vision statement, um, it can be very, it, it can give them a lot of self-confidence and help them in decision makings when maybe they come up against some some challenging uh-huh. situations as they get a little bit older. Makes sense. Wow, that does. That's really great. I think too, it could make a really nice gift for mom, you know, put the family mission, mission statement up on a picture or make it with some art for the, you know, the kids can sit down and, and put it on a big piece of paper. Like just, yeah. Wow. Lori, that blows me away. That is a really beautiful idea. Well, thanks. I, I can't take all the credit for it, but um, <laughs> I can say I do. I do wish I would have known about it when I was a young mother, but, but it's all good now. It's all good. I think it would be a fun thing now for people to, to give some consideration to. Um, okay. We, we talked about this a minute ago, um, a couple minutes ago, putting on some music and dancing. Now this can also apply to family time. So let's say you're going to have family happy hour and um, you know, you're going to have some special treats and, cocktails or mocktails or whatever, you know, put some fam, some music on it, have family dance time too. So you can, you can bring the, it's again, it's a way to get them to burn some energy that has been likely building up all day. And, um, and it's something fun and goofy and silly that everyone can just laugh and be kind of ridiculous about. Right. Um, the other thing is, This is important to do even if you're by yourself. I spent like 20, now probably about 30 minutes yesterday all alone just dancing around my house because... Because I was, I could feel the release of all of those um, endorphins, the feel-good hormones. When you dance, you release more of those endorphins more than almost any other exercise. There's something about dancing. When you put music on that you like, that gets you fired up, and we all have our own style, you know, whatever, but you know what it is for you. When you hear that particular music and you start kind of just wanting to move, you can't sit still, put that on. Put it on, you know, shuffle or replay or whatever, and just dance around for a bit. But but you you won't realize until you do it and you actually pay attention to it and become aware of it how good it makes you feel. It's and that's because literally there's a chemical reaction going on in your body. So it also prompts um, an emotional release, probably stemming from the hormone release of the endorphins, um, but it promotes really happy feelings um, and it improves your creative thinking patterns. So there's a. I think you're definitely onto something here, Lori, because I have noticed this year as when my friends and I get together, we're not going out as much. We're staying inside and we've gotten a little bored with Netflix. And now we've started some pretty epic dance parties. And that's nice. not something that we used to do. And now that's just like what happens every time. So I, I think you're definitely onto something here. Yeah. It's <laughs> 2020 true. could be the year of the uh, impromptu dance party. 
Right? I think it's a great idea. And that's the other thing. You can actually make a game out of it, you know, if you have kids at home and say whenever somebody, you know, shouts, you know, dance party or dance off or something, everybody has to stop what they're doing and jump up and, you know, dance for three minutes or something. Oh, how fun. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of benefit to that. Um, Okay. Another great thing to do is to make a gratitude box. So you can, you know, get, get a cardboard box or use a shoe box or an empty tissue box or whatever. It doesn't matter, but get something. Um, and then you can start dropping notes in it. And this is, again, is something that your whole family can do. They can either have their own or you can have a whole family box, but you can keep a little, you know, some post-its or a notepad or some index cards near it in a pen. And then every day you write something on, on the paper, you know, either an affirmation or a prayer or a blessing or goals, something you're grateful for, any of those positive things, and then you put it into the box. And you can determine that, you know, maybe next year at that time, you'll read, you'll take out and read the notes if you want. It's kind of a fun thing to do. But the, the, the thing about that is besides um, it just is kind of a fun little thing and it's good for the kids, but it's a mindset practice. This is an exercise that helps you continually train your mind to be looking for what's right, to be looking and focusing on what's good, to be looking and focusing on possibilities, because otherwise it's really easy for your mind to be focusing on what you don't have, you know, what, what's wrong, what's negative, all of, the, all of that stuff. And you don't want to be focusing on that. You want to be focusing on positive things, things that you have, things that you can be grateful for, and possibilities. So this is a way to practice doing that. It's a, really a brain exercise and a, and a state of being exercise because the more you practice what you need to be grateful for, what you can be grateful for, the more you start to become just grateful as your state of being. And that's the goal. Yeah. And I think it's more difficult sometimes than others to get into that mindset. So I like the idea of having that box to, to go to when I'm having a bad day to, you know, kind of remind myself that I, that you do have so many things to be grateful for and to be happy about. Right. We hear a lot about that lately for the, you know, that's been very, very trendy, but that's because it works. That's because it's a really good thing and it works really well. And it's a wonderful practice to start teaching your kids. So when you demonstrate that and you do it all together, you are modeling for them the behavior that you want them to have. Don't you want them to be looking at possibilities and the positive aspects and to be grateful for what they do have? So we need to model that for them. And that's one way of of actually demonstrating that. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes too, we can't forget to be grateful for the things that we maybe at the time perceive as being negative. You know, you look back and, um, you know, the whole life is happening for you, not to you thing, you know, and I think it's great to go back and go, you know what, I'm grateful for X, Y, Z that at the time, you know, I was not grateful for. (laughs) Exactly. And that's, that's like the next level. So for sure, when you get to the point where you can become, find the silver lining and be grateful for something that you, you know, wished had never happened in the moment, then you can see the, the lesson or the blessing, right? It's like a blessing. I and love a that. Lesson. <laughs> so you can find the blessing in it and feel good about it and know that it's contributed to, you know, the resilience in the person that you are now, your wisdom and, and your experience. So it's always a good thing. There's always something good you can find. Good. Okay. Also, if you're going to be spending a lot of time watching TV, which I know we all are, it's hard not to. (laughs) You know, you know who you're talking to, Lori. Right? Yeah, I know. I mean, we, we have our TV hours at at night as well. Um, But again, watch something that's uplifting. I mean, you know, watch something that either is going to make you laugh, um, uh, stories of overcoming challenges, you know, hero's journey type of stories, um, or um, um, what was I going to say? Or documentaries, like informative documentaries. Mm -hmm. Learn about something. Learn about food. Learn about, I mean, any whatever the subject is that you want to learn about, you could probably find a documentary on it, right, on Netflix. And so... Um, finding things that are going to inform you, make you smarter, more knowledgeable, wiser, and other things that are going to be uplifting, um, you know, that encourage you to um, 
um, just to laugh, to feel good, to see things in a different way. And then also, if you're doing this with your kids, then talk to them about what you just watched. So if you watch, you know, a hero's journey type of, of story, like Lord of the Rings, so to speak, uh, something like that, that's a hero's journey type of story, then um, talk to them about the core values of the characters and, you know, what they liked, what they learned, um, you know, what was their takeaway message. So those can be learning opportunities that are actually fun and you can make it you know, you can make more of it than just sitting there like a potato, you know, being entertained. Use it as a tool <laughs> while you're being entertained. Well, yeah. What, an, what another great idea. Um, and while we're throwing things out there, you know, just some feel-good films. To Grandmother's House We Go, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Dolly Parton has a great holiday movie from the yes. early 90s where she um, comes back to life to be like an angel for these kids whose mother passed away. And she oh, learned some great lessons in that one. I mean, documentaries yeah. are fantastic. And that's always my first choice. But when you're going for those holiday feel-good movies, right. there's plenty right. of them out there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of them. And they all have just wonderful messages. So yeah. the, the key is don't just watch the movie and then everybody go their separate ways. If you have a family talk to them and ask them what their takeaway was. Ask the kids, you know, what they got out of it, what they thought was great, you know, so, so you know what's going on in their heads or yeah. point out things that they missed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make sure that they got the, um, the, the lesson so that they can yeah. get the blessing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well said. Okay. So to wind this up, I would say there's a couple of don'ts. All right. So don't fall into the trap of justifying too many overindulgences throughout the holidays um, with the mindset of thinking that it's all going to change, as we said earlier, January with your New Year's, re New Year's resolutions, um, because it won't. It might change for about two weeks tops, and then you will be right back to where you were before. So that is a myth. <laughs> Don't fall into it. And we are going to have another podcast talking more about New Year's resolutions. Um, so just don't fall into that trap because now is when it starts. It's starting right now. You start justifying, you know, all of the, all the stuff that this, and it snowballs up until the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. We could do a lot of damage in this time left. And that extra 10, 20 pounds that we're going to have to get rid of now is just going to make it even harder. Well, it does. It, you know, and it's not even just about the physical stuff. That's definitely important. But along with when you know what you're doing, when you know mm -hmm. that you're snowballing and you're probably, you know, going to put on a little bit of weight, but you also aren't feeling well then. You, you're right. not feeling on fire. And then on top of that, you're feeling kind of guilty because you know you're not respecting your body. You know you're giving it the wrong kind of fuel too much too often. And so you've got this inner conflict going on between you know what you know you should be doing and what you know you're going to do anyway, even though you shouldn't. So <laughs> it just creates a lot of emotional conflict. And what happens when we are in emotional conflict? Well, a lot of us then emotionally eat. So you right. get, actually, it gets worse. You just snowball. And then you, you justify the whole ball of wax saying, I'm not going to put this kind of pressure on myself. I'll wait and then I'll have a New Year's resolution and everything will change. But statistics tell us, and most of us know just from our own patterns, that that's bullshit, that your resolutions only last a week, maybe two for a very few three and that's it. They, they evaporate after that. So set yourself up for success <laughs> and just, you know, be, put the brakes on a little bit now so that it, at least you maintain rather than go into a hole, right. you know? All right. Um, don't stop. If you currently have an exercise routine, don't stop. Um, just <laughs> even if you have to modify it, but just don't stop. You know, if you normally exercise 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour a day and things are getting busy and crazy and you're eating too, you know, much pie or whatever, just, just then take it down to 10 minutes, but just do one thing, one thing, even if it's just a few minutes, because it's the consistency, it's the pattern that you don't, 
you know, want a break. You don't have to do the whole thing and go balls to the wall, but you can, you can just do a little and maintain the pattern so that when you do get past holiday season and you do decide you're going to get back into your 100% routine, whatever it was, now you're not starting from way in the hole. You've still maintained the pattern and it's a lot easier than to just build on that instead of starting over. Makes sense. Well, yeah. And I feel like if you're getting sick of your exercise routine now here by the end of the year, you can combine two things that Lori's talking about, which is workout and dance and do a little Zumba. There's lots of great ones on Amazon Prime. I know. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it Super is. Fun. There's so much good stuff out there and it is really, really fun. Um, okay. Don't stress yourself out by like needlessly dwelling on what I call non-quality questions. And this is what we do a lot of times, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. It doesn't matter, um, you know, if it's a, if it's a lockdown or a quarantine or not, this is just something that people get into the habit of doing. Um, they ask themselves in their head, non-quality questions like, when is this going to end? Um, why is this happening to us? Why is this happening to me? Um, why does this always happen? I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of a victim mentality, but you're asking questions that, they're not quality because a they're not under your control most of those questions and um and there's not really a good answer for you because you know who's who's going to answer that if you're asking the question and it's a non-quality question like that you're asking it because you don't have an answer and so when you ruminate on it no answer is going to come from anywhere so instead that just creates anxiety, right? So instead, ask yourself quality questions like, how can I make the best of this? Um, what is the opportunity here? Or um, how can I help? Who can I help? Those are quality questions. When we give our attention to the things that we can control, and by asking ourselves those questions, those are questions that we can have an answer for. So then we... we um, we also give ourselves that much needed sense of certainty, which alleviates a lot of stress because a lot of stress comes from the unknown and the uncertainty and that creates anxiety, right? So the more you ruminate on the non-quality questions, the more you keep creating stress and anxiety. But when you, you switch it over to how can I make the best of this? And then you come up with something, any little thing, how can I make the best of it? What's the opportunity and who or how can I help? Those are empowering questions. I, I love what you said there because that takes, again, takes the focus off of ourselves, even if it's just better qualifying questions about ourselves. But when we're asking, yeah. how can I help? You know, that's about someone else. And so many of your guests that we have on have now drilled this into my head. I think this all the time, you know, yeah. what you do for others, you do for yourself. It's so true. And that is, it, we all have had that experience of, you know, giving or being of service, being of use, um, you know, for the benefit of someone else. That's, and you've, there's nothing better feeling than that. That, so you actually are still giving the gift to yourself as well, because, you know, you're contributing, which is another one of the most powerful human needs is contribution. So when you shift the focus away from why me to how can I help? Who can I help? How, you know, where's the opportunity? It totally changes the whole way you experience whatever situation you in, you're in um, and the way you look at everything, the way you're going to feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. The so, control, the way we really, we really have the control and the power to decide what kind of a day we're going to have, how we're going to make it through the holidays, all of that. And I, that's what I love about your suggestions is that it's really kind of feels like it's giving us the power back in this time of like, like you say, a lot of confusion and uncertainty. Yeah. And that's so important right now because a lot of people are feeling very disempowered with authorities telling us, you know, where we can go, where we can't go. And if we go anywhere, how we have to behave, how we have right. to do everything, how we have to breathe. So with that kind of, you know, stuff going on, um, everybody is feeling very um, disempowered and that feels, that doesn't feel good for people. So these things, hopefully there's a few tips and uh, things that we talked about today that, Give everyone some ideas on how to actually make this unusual holiday season 
something fun, something new, and something that you can look back on with some really good memories that and new traditions that you created, uh, which will be, you know, you'll look back and go, there was a blessing in that. Wow, so, yeah, so much good stuff, Lori. So we're gonna dance, we're gonna make sure we have our own space. We're gonna happy hour, we're gonna involve the kids. I, wow, um, thank you. Thank of you course, for all of this. Of course, um, yeah, it was actually fun kind of thinking through this and trying to um, go through, uh, imagine myself, because I don't have kids at home anymore, but I, you know, I did it one time. So imagining that in the current day and how would I try to maneuver through that, you know, so that it was fun and beneficial for everybody. So it was really fun kind of thinking through these things. So. Anyway, that's going to do it for us today. I hope that uh, you all got some really good tips and ideas out of this. Let us know. Um, thanks for hanging out with me and Christy today. This was really fun. If you would like some guidance, getting unstuck in your life, up-leveling your mental diet, your eating diet, um, whatever, just head on over to lauribishop.com and you will find out what Private Coaching With Me is all about. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. That way you won't miss anything coming up. And please, 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 if you find value in what you've heard, we would love it if you would give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us out and it helps other people. It encourages them to check out the show. So we don't want anybody to miss all of the good shift being shared here. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay healthy. Have a great holiday season and go make some epic shift happen in your lives. You too, Gary Vee.